0: Partners
1: Podcast. s p p scene. That was so embarrassing. The
0: fact that you think scene partners starts with a C Well,
1: you said scene partners, and I was like, S C and I was gonna spell the whole thing, then I was like, C P no, that's not right. And I tried to I tried to pull it back and it just didn't it didn't it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I'm sorry.
0: Do you want to give a disclosure as your current state? No. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Should people just figure it out? Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's a guessing game. I mean, basically, it's a gift. people probably won't think anything is that much different with me in this conversation, other than the fact that um, I was, uh, I'm now a sandwich hater. Are you? I, I once loved sandwiches more than most things. <laughs> 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 and and now it's now it's really low on the list. Yeah, I es- especially loved um, muffaladas, and now I don't like those at all, at all, ever, never, ever again. I don't know if I'll ever be able to eat a muffalata ever again.
0: Olives in general.
1: Maybe. Maybe I'll get there. So the other day I was having lunch with my beautiful, amazing wife, and she brought me one of my favorite sandwiches from one of our favorite places. And I'm just not going to name them because it's not necessarily their fault, but there was an olive in the muffalata that still had a pit in it, and I bit it in the absolute perfect place um, for the... Tooth that I had a filling in to split in half. So that was really great. Mm. And that's where I've been experiencing. So I'm on some medicine um, to make little Cody better. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually have surgery tomorrow. Oh, nice. So, um, not for me. No, it's not. I mean, I'm not going to really know much of, of yeah. anything that happens. I mean, hopefully it's not the big deal, but it's just ridiculous how much. Money that sandwich is costing me. I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to end up being the most expensive lunch of my life. And you know what? I do think is interesting. So many people were like, "Oh, you need to call them and tell them." Like, tell them what? Yeah. <laughs> what, what am I gonna there say? There was a. It's not their fault that a pit was in the olive. They're like that is ridiculous. Like, what? A, they're they're not sifting through all of these olives. <laughs> yes. they being like, "Well, I got olives without pits in them. Surely the manufacturer, like, I'm gonna trace this down." To the olive manufacturer, yeah, <laughs> be like, listen here, you cracked my tooth real bad,
0: like the lady who sued McDonald's over the hot coffee.
1: Yeah, but now, but then forever on the muffalada would say olives may contain shards of pit. Yes, you know, <laughs> a little warning like label. That. It probably is already there on the actual. It doesn't really matter anyway. Um, so we haven't sat down and done this for a while and the last time we did this we were like we haven't done
0: this, this is so nice and yeah here we
1: are we're doing it again but i am really excited to be back in the chair
0: exactly well you know there was a lot of life that happened we had like the holidays and mm-hmm. meeting people and the thing i think we're most excited to talk about is hadestown
1: oh my gosh i had forgotten about it until just now yeah hadestown was amazing it was absolutely amazing it Incredible. was also really cool that You know, we got to go down there with our friends and then, you know, just to have that experience of being able to see the show Mm -hmm. and talk about it and get everybody else's perspectives. But I was very thrilled that all of us liked it. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, it's so easy to watch a show and go straight for the negative. And I know that I've talked about this before and I try really hard not to be that person, especially when you're in the industry in some kind of way and you watch someone else doing the job that you do. You critique it. That's oh, most oh, yeah. of the time what you do. You're like, oh well, this is how I would have done it, you know. And um, there were only there were only three things in that show that I were like, I don't get this. Yeah. But overall, it was. Um, and what was strange was it was a lighting design choice that exactly. I was like, this is weird. And it just I just didn't feel like it went in the environment. But every other thing, I absolutely loved. I was thrilled. I also don't think I've ever left a show saying I've never. Um, heard or seen someone play the trombone that way? Oh,
0: dude, one hundred percent. I I was talking with our friend Sarah Catherine mm-hmm. about this, and she had said the same thing. Like that person the, was on another level.
1: The bonus is that what you call them? the bonus? Uh, a trombonist? We call <laughs> I her a bonus. <laughs> the uh, the bonus was amazing. <laughs> she was
0: can you break your tooth more often this no. is so good for me she
1: was she was absolutely yeah amazing. She was incredible it, I mean that in, she played that instrument and made it sound like so many different things I was just I was amazed I was so impressed I mean you would have thought there was an entire horn section yeah and we were walking away and Lexi and I were talking about it and she was like it just it, the horns were awesome it's like there were only one one it was one yeah it was the bonus
0: the, the the crazy thing is like we got to see this in uh, New Orleans, which I think is a really fitting show for that town.
1: Oh, it's so, so good. I mean, it's a show about it's a show about death and yeah. celebration in a way.
0: But it's a lot of live music, which yeah. is kind of what New Orleans is and the music known goes for. along with their yeah. style
1: of music. It's music and storytelling. Yeah. You know?
0: And and it was so and, and, you know, there are things that I do agree with. On the lighting uh,
1: issue, but I did. It I, was just this one moment that came up where they had these circle lights, like bubble lights. They or whatever appeared they were. on the ground like little bubbles, and I was like, "And it was harsh white light." And I was like, "What is this?" this but I doesn't wonder, fit anywhere in the show,
0: if you and I were sitting closer to the stage, like more of like closer to the, where the orchestra pit normally sits, if that would have been an issue.
1: Well. Because we were I mean, on the
0: balcony, we could see it on the floor.
1: Yeah, but it was designed to be seen.
0: That's fair. Yes, you're right. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and I understand that this is also, you know, I'm we trying we're trying to give seeing the benefit a, of the doubt. Yeah, no, I get it. But we're seeing a touring production, so it's going to look different in any space. But it's designed like they took a show that was designed to be, I believe, in the theater in New York that they staged it for as a three-quarter thrust, mm-hmm. and then now they've restaged it and done some additional designing for it to be in a proscenium yeah and so they they know what they're getting before they get there so yeah. i mean as far as what the light is going to look like that that's not going to change i mean i thought they did a brilliant job of taking what is a very intimate show and in the original with the original cast and the original space and still putting it on a stage like what we were seeing in, at the singer yeah that is huge i mean i don't know how big that space actually is but like I mean, fifteen hundred to two thousand seat theater, mm-hmm. and it still felt like we were all in the same room, mm-hmm. which I just is very very difficult to achieve. And I was just so impressed with it.
0: I think the 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 staging of it was designed in such a way that, for me personally, it felt like even though I was you know top you know stage right mm-hmm. or balcony left, if you will, uh, that I'm watching this, and it felt like it was drawing you in in such a way that it felt like you had tunnel vision yeah. so that when the stage does this thing where it, like, opens up more as the story progresses mm-hmm. and you're going, you know, sort of down, if you will, that it felt like it grew to about 10 times the size that it was. Yeah. And it was so amazing just the way that they had staged it. And and I don't know. It was, it was so awesome, just the, the design overall. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean— it shows you the power of uh, of earning the small moments, like of, of a small moment. So you have a stage that's stagnant and it doesn't move. And really, the stage just opened up. They had, if you think of the stage in three pieces, the center section just went backwards. It went mm-hmm. upstage, and then the two um, two sides of the stage just, you know, basically opened up. And it they made little VOMs, They made little, you know, pathways in between what was a solid set. And when that happened, it just felt like the world expanded tenfold yeah. because it was just, and it was in this perfect moment in the show. They just did such a good job of using that small change to feel so big. Yeah. And I I don't know. I think that that just shows the power of that to me is way more powerful than having an entire new set roll on. Oh, absolutely. You know, And it's then wasting that time. I just it it definitely was a show that played to my personal aesthetic mm-hmm. and did probably nothing but validate the way that i feel about the way <laughs> theater should be so of course i really loved it yeah. you know
0: well i i really loved you know not just to continue to dote on it a little bit but i loved how there was always something happening in the motion and mm-hmm. i was really drawn into the ensemble, no, ensemble it's such was a amazing big way and it was sort of little movements where it was mm-hmm. always Always in motion. Yeah. Something was always happening. Mm-hmm. And it just always felt like the momentum was always building towards this thing that we were leading to at the end.
1: Yeah. And it was so great and so brilliant. Well, and I it, it does show the that's that's another thing that was saying place the my aesthetic i just really love ensemble shows Mm -hmm. and whenever the ensemble is is featured in such a way that you realize that the world around the lead characters or who you think of the principal cast that it is about how they are affecting the world around them Mm -hmm. and um you know i learned that that lesson in doing shakespeare with some really awesome directors who who were like you know this this sure we're doing you know, whatever it is, Romeo and Juliet, but the show's not about Romeo and Juliet. It's about the world around Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And how All these external influences and yeah. how they influence it. Because, you know, at a certain point in most plays, the main characters start to, they turn the storyline and the world around them has to react to whatever decisions or choices they've made. And and like in, in Mac, in the Scottish play, that's that happens, yeah. you know? Um, and it's all about how, uh, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth are affecting the world around them Mm -hmm. essentially and how they have to react to it. And when you have that world so clear and so well thought out and it's so present and you feel like you're a part of it, then it makes the choices of the characters that much more powerful and strong. So I, I don't know. I just, I was really into, into it and I think it was absolutely amazing.
0: You know, one of my favorite things when we were walking, uh, Uh, away from the show, you had said that you had listened to this soundtrack for years Mm -hmm. and you had never been so affected by the story in such a way as seeing it. And then it was so great to just be like, well, you know what? It's a visual medium. Yeah. And we can listen to these soundtracks all day, every day. But I do want to encourage everybody to get out and see these shows that we're listening to because there's something so visceral Mm -hmm. about being there in that moment that you know why do we sing these songs because we hope that it'll turn out better the next time
1: yeah well and the storyline for this particular show is just so awesome because i and i'm probably validating for us because so many people are like i mean you you're in a small community you're doing theater so you should be doing theater that everybody wants to see and that Mm -hmm. everybody leaves feeling awesome and you should only do comedies and you should do these Big Bang musicals and why would you want to do something that people have to actually think or feel or challenged them, you know, Yeah, in any sort of way. And this show, they just they, they say we tell the story even though it's a, they say it's a sad song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a really old sad song but we tell it anyway. Yeah. Because the journey, it's about the journey mm-hmm. and the lessons that you learn along the way. And there was just something about, you know, the, the whole show, the show started and just visually it was so stunning. And then being able to, for, for me, like my personal experience, having followed the show from whenever, um, whenever, uh, Anais Mitchell released the, the concept album, the, the folk opera that mm-hmm. she released and, um, listening to that and then following it all the way through the, it's inception on Broadway. And then, um, and then being able to actually watch it, that was just so amazing. And then yeah. see how they they actually made it happen. And that it was kind of like the completion of this journey that started whenever I was even before, like basically right whenever I started college. And then so I was kind of like in a place with that. Yeah. And then seeing how beautiful it was and then just hearing this awesome, awesome story and how creative they were with the story that they were given and how they added in these cool moments and and made it rel- like made it relate to our time not only on like a political level but just like an emotional level yeah. for people and then following it i mean i was just amazed at the moments that i i just became emotional just watching the mm-hmm. show and then to tie it all in at the very end where you know that it's going to end in heartbreak because you know the story of orpheus and eurydice mm-hmm. you know it and still you're watching it and you you can't help but hope i think that's one of the cool things about you know humans you can watch a movie a thousand times knowing the ending but you always hope that it's going to be different like you're yeah. still on the journey even though you know you know it's going to end in heartache And that was the case with this. You know it's going to end in heartache and you're along the journey the whole way and you're hoping, you're like, well, maybe it'll be different this time. You never know. And it's not, but then they still figure out a way to take this sad and negative ending and put a spin on it and leave you with hope which is amazing yeah i, I, which don't, is, I don't even know how they did it but yeah. it was amazing it's
0: kind of the point of the whole greek tragedies and the and the storytelling of that day is mm-hmm. they were teaching lessons back then right so it's it's so interesting to have this very modern take mm-hmm. on the stage of, of seeing that and Well, there's a
1: good version of it, too. There's a good straight play version by Sarah Rule called Eurydice, which is an amazing play that I would love to do sometime. But It still doesn't, yeah. (laughs) But it still doesn't do it, I I don't think that, uh, because, you know, forever ago, before there was a musical, we always said, well, we'll just, like, if she doesn't ever do it, if they never do this, we'll just do it on our own, and we'll just come up with our own way of putting Sarah Rule's play with her music (laughs) and make it work. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, there, there's like Sarah rules play is really, really awesome. And it's a beautiful show. And it's very like, she does a lot of fun stuff with the poetry and the language of the actual Greek tragedy, but, um, still puts a modern twist on it. Like Mm -hmm. Hades is on a tricycle with a little spinny hat and he like grow, he's like, anyway, it's just, it's, it's fun. And Orpheus is a rock singer. Yeah. Um, but it's just there's something about the way that she told this story and it's so she's just so brilliant and so smart and really put it together in a, in a way that i think is just so much better
0: yeah it's it's kind of like what we were talking about with WonderWorks, um about how powerful stories can become when you're immersed in them and mm-hmm. i think that it invites you into this like it's this town almost you know this pub where they're hanging out and everybody's yeah. kind of doing their thing well, and then you take and, this journey with them
1: and i like that in the beginning of this and i think it kind of threw people off i mean i could definitely hear the the like non-theater goer audience around us <laughs> that were like <laughs> Wait, we're seeing a Broadway show tour. Like, why? This seems very strange. Like, definitely at one point the people time, surrounding you, not me. Yeah. I was, uh, I was, we were sitting around some of the most obnoxious human beings I've ever sat next to. I was like, can you not ruin this for me? <laughs> um, but anyway, that aside, I, I did hear this, this one guy at one point in time whispered to like his, his girlfriend or somebody. And he was like, are they just going to sing the entire time? Like, yes, they are. Yes, they are, Jared. They are going to sing the entire time, and it's freaking beautiful, and you're lucky. You're like, lucky to be here.
0: When you get to the second song and there were no, like, speaking breaks, yeah, man, you should have pieced that together.
1: Like, how do you not know? Yeah. Ugh, I um, guess
0: people just buy tickets just to go see what's there. Or I don't they know. have season
1: tickets, so you never know. But still, it's it's. But it does kind of show me. I did think about that. It shows me the difference of, you know, I... I can watch this and think it is the most amazing thing and everyone should see this. But of course, there's going to be somebody that would rather go sit and watch an entire like day's worth of golf, which yeah. I just think is misery. Yeah. But, you know, for someone that's way better than watching Hadestown, I don't know who they are, but <laughs> apparently it's this guy who's like, are they going to sing the whole time? Like, yeah. yeah, but they did it in such a I don't know. It was just so awesome. It was so awesome. And it just, it, it made me happy. Yes. I don't know what else to say about it. it made me I happy. do want
0: to take a step back from the the circle lights or bubble lights or whatever they were and say that the lighting design outside of that one moment was incredibly brilliant. Oh, yeah. And it was beautiful. Well, I
1: think that's why it highlighted that moment so bad for me. Yeah. Because everything else was so perfect. Mm-hmm. And then that happened. It was like, whoa. Well, maybe that was It was, that was jarring a because it
0: felt out of place. Yeah,
1: yes. it kind of like took me out of it. But I don't know if, if I wasn't, you know, in this business in a sense, if it would have bothered me. Yeah. I would have probably just let it go. But some reason, it was incredibly jarring. But I just didn't
0: want it to be like, oh, well, we think the lighting design was bad. No, it was superb. It was beautiful. Yeah. When people saying there were like colors like specific to them, almost like... Well, tunes you can, or like, melodies a go to lighting designer characters. can
1: really shine whenever the set isn't going crazy because yes. they you know it's basically like you're in a box and you're forced to be creative like how many ways can you make this box look different yeah all the different moods and stuff but it was it was awesome i mean they did have their their turntable which helped them a whole bunch I'm so jealous, dude. I was watching that. I, thought, I know.
0: How can we incorporate this? One day.
1: And this and these and
0: this opening door with these train lights. Oh, my gosh. It's so beautiful.
1: One day it will happen. I'm sure of it.
0: But speaking of um, making things look different in a, in a sort of a static space, we're now doing Tuck Everlasting.
1: They are. They are doing the talk. That's right. We're doing Tuck and uh, we ended rehearsal a little early today.
0: Not because we were coming to do this.
1: Definitely not.
0: But because we genuinely finished early.
1: Yeah, we finished early, Um, which is it's kind of hard for me whenever I finish early because I think, oh, isn't this great? And I can let people go. But then I also think, ooh, what did I not give enough time to? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to like, you know, because you're only given so, so much time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, did I just did I just? screw myself out of time that i'm gonna need later like what did i did what did i not schedule right but you know it's it's nice to give people some extra time yeah every once in a while so but um yeah we're doing tuck and it is i'm, I'm definitely feeling the struggle of having to go to a whole bunch of different places on the set that we have yeah you know not not really necessarily moving around but all the different venues and I like the set design that we've come up with and um it's kind of easy for me to say because I came up with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well I will say this is more of a you project and I'm yeah. largely removed from this because it is for the Fox.
1: That's true. Yeah, this is a Fox project. Not that I won't be also um, helping. All and you're the time. in it. Yeah, I'm also um, in it. But it is. It, it is, is nice to just be in things sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did think about that the other day. When's the last time you were just in something? When
1: are you Godspell? I don't know when. No, because I wasn't really just in that necessarily. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know when the last time I was just in something. It would be crazy to just be like, "All right, I am gonna do this one thing and peace." Yeah. Enjoy when I left
0: rehearsal so early because I was no longer called it felt so weird <laughs> just I'm sure it leave. did <laughs> <laughs> they need me
1: somehow somehow yeah. they need me it was kind of strange I saw you go I was like oh look at him go look at him he's 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 leaving he left us he left us. he left us <laughs> um but it is it is uh this show tuck everlasting is so much fun and I'm sure we'll talk a whole bunch more about it but I love this story so much mm-hmm. and the music is so dang hard
0: oh, oh, oh man and um, Dude, the layers and the harmonies and the dissonance that we have to create
1: our um our music director miss ellen she came in and we're like going through stuff and we're playing and she's like whoever wrote this was a drummer yes <laughs> and they decided to write a score mm-hmm. <laughs> or compose a score i was like yeah that makes so much sense i mean the time signatures are all over the place and it's I mean, it is so much fun to listen to, and I'm sure it is going to be a blast when we all know it. Yes. But I will say, like, we had our first rehearsal. Yeah,
0: because I asked her, I was like, does this go from, like, does this jump up to 6'8"? She goes, no, you're doing 6'8". No, you're eight. in 6'8 going Your to 12'8". Your part eight. is 12'8". Yeah. And I went, wow, <laughs> okay. I already struggle with 6'8".
1: That's really we funny. we need double it. Um, yes, yeah, she... Uh, so we're we had our first we had our first rehearsal and this this show has kind of like what we were talking about with hadestown and has a true ensemble mm-hmm. and um they kind of exist in this nebulous world where they're not like oh look there are these people in this scene that are you know just living in the town yeah. instead they're like these otherworldly beings that represent so many different things mm-hmm. in this show the everyman i would say basically the everyman and but but in the beginning of our show, there's something different. They're like, I, I don't know. they're like the storytellers that are waking up the world. I don't know. Um, and the people that are in our show have never really experienced anything like that as far as yeah uh, as far as seeing ensembles in this way. And trying to guide them through that has been very interesting. And our first rehearsal, when I was breaking down what the first like dance sequence is and who they were in the woods and them coming out and singing these words that aren't actual words, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that are just kind of like also like they are you know a part of the score in a mm-hmm. sense. Um, they had a lot of very confused looks, and it was like I don't know if this is gonna work. And it's interesting because that rehearsal did not work. And no matter what I did, it was like I was fighting against them the whole time. I was like, no, what I have in my mind is right. Yeah. And I kind of left that rehearsal feeling a bit discouraged in a way. Being Mm -hmm. like, I just cannot believe that this wasn't working. This is what I want. I wish that there were people around that could do what I want. (laughs) And I was just kind of in this down spot. And then I, you know, like took a step back and spent some time and well, you
0: can't have it perfect the first try
1: well yeah and then you also have to realize with an ensemble maybe what you have in your mind is great but it's not right for that group of people yeah and you know i mean there are many different ways that this show could be done but we are doing it with the group of people that we've cast in this show in this space and we have to kind of develop this in a way together yeah and so the next i like called like a special rehearsal which i don't necessarily like to do because i feel like it's it's like all right i clearly didn't do my job appropriately so now everybody has to suffer um (laughs) but i called like a special (laughs) rehearsal so everybody came back and we were like all right let's let's go through this again but it was just interesting that then since i was more open to change what I already had in my mind, whereas that first rehearsal, I was not. I was like, this is what you're gonna give me, this is what I want, this is what it needs to look like, and we're just gonna do it a thousand times until you get it right. But I was a little bit more loose about what I had in my mind of like, this is generally what I want, and I would like to see how we can all make this look the best that it can with the tools that we have. Yeah, Because essentially, I feel like I was trying to uh, screw in a nail. Yeah where i should have just hammered it in you know Mm -hmm. um so it just it it's just interesting you know we can come in here and sit in this room and talk about the best ways to do theater all the time and the mistakes that people make or that we've made and it's just i'm always so impressed at myself to be able to go back in the room and do the same (laughs) mistake yeah and then be like oh wait right i know better than this yeah like i've Will I could give someone advice to not do the thing that I obviously did, Yeah, you know, and know better. Well, it's
0: easier to to see the picture when you take a step back for a second. Mm -hmm. But also, I I love what you said about, you know, you have to sort of cater to the ingredients that you have, like in the kitchen. And it's like, I can't just throw together this ham and cheese omelet when I don't have ham and cheese.
1: Right. You may want it, but sometimes you have to make a spinach omelet yeah you gotta gotta change and with ensemble based shows you know I I used to have a kind of a different feeling about it because I used to have a big problem with the devised theater thing and I kind of feel like that's a little bit what we were doing at this last rehearsal but it it worked Mm -hmm. and that just goes to show you that even though I may not necessarily like you know this thing sometimes having every tool in your toolbox is good. Yeah. And so I remember learning about device work and having to do some devised works and thinking, Oh my God, this is terrible. I will never use this crap or like going through viewpoints. <laughs> I can't tell you like anybody who, who like knows me through school or through like doing theater, <laughs> certain theater companies that really enjoyed doing viewpoint rehearsals. I hated viewpoints and thought it was the most worthless thing. And then of course I'm doing this, the other day and I'm like, oh my God, I'm using viewpoints. Yep. <laughs> These people. Yep. Because, you know, you need to know everything. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the thing. That's kind of the name of the game. You have to be able to pivot and jump in to help other people, even though for me personally I hate it. But for someone else it's a way in. Yeah. And so you have to know so that you can help. You can be helpful.
0: You know, I watched this actor's round table uh the other day and they had um like Nicolas Cage, Andrew Garfield, and a bunch of like, uh, the guy from um, uh, Ludcraft Country or whatever it is on HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had, I love that show. Yeah, they, they had like a sort of a good mix. Even Peter Dinklage was on there. But they had a good mix of actors. And um, Nicolas Cage, they asked the question of, you know, what would you teach on your first day of acting class? And Nicolas Cage said, uh, there's no one right way is that you're going to learn all of these different methods and there's no one right way and it's like what works for you today will be completely different for you tomorrow as yeah. an actor. And I think that that's also true with a director and like when you start dealing with all these one different personalities mm-hmm. and all these different types of egos whether they're little bitty ones or big huge ones that you're you're finding a way like you say all the time to pivot Into what works best for that crew and that group, so you find the the right tool in the toolbox to use for what sort of the materials that you have to work with, Mm -hmm. and that's so brilliant. And I just thought that that being a director is
1: kind of like running through a minefield, um, but the minds are actors, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And you're like, okay, I don't want to step on any of these, Mm -hmm. but like, how do I how do I help them? Yeah, you know, it's it's it is kind of crazy, and everybody is so different. And what I think, you know, should work, it's so easy to get frustrated because, you know, I you can explain something. You can also think in, in smaller communities, it's like, why can't you just get this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I you just want to skip. You just want to go into the future a little bit and be like, all right, you're going to eventually come here with me. You might as well just skip all this other garbage. Yes. But, See, that's
0: my problem as trying to teach people something. When yeah. I understand it and you don't, I don't understand how you don't understand.
1: It's just... <laughs> It, but it is it is a, it is but a you huge do a really lesson, good I think, job in, of
0: meeting people in the middle. I want to like commend you on that. I watch you sometimes, and I'm just like, I would have never thought to shift gears in that way.
1: Well, I think that's you, just, great. you have to you have to be willing to let people go down the path that they choose. Mm-hmm. even you know that that's the thing in in rehearsal we, we talk about all the time. like this is where we do all of the failure. We fail as much as we possibly can in rehearsal so that we succeed yeah. at the end that we make all the mistakes now so that we don't have to make them later in front of audiences. Yeah. Be brave enough to look stupid. Yeah. And, uh, when people want to go down a certain path that, you know, is not the right journey, (laughs) but they need to, they need to do it so that they can also discover it. Yeah. You know, and then there are times where you have to be very creative because they go down that path and you're like, Whoa, no, this isn't working, they're going to know it's not working. And then they don't know that it's not working and they feel like it is working. And then you (laughs) have to be like, this does feel right. And it's not.
0: Yeah. Not for the energy that everyone else is giving
1: you. Yeah. And that's a whole other thing. So then you have to kind of like, I don't know. You just have to, I feel like while directing, you have to be very good at reading people and understanding like the, amount of uh slack that you can give to somebody before mm-hmm. you have to pull them back and rein them back in so that they don't go too far because some people you let them do that and they go too far and then it's like set yeah and if you tell them no 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 you shouldn't do this then they'll like no i'm definitely doing it now yeah well it's like concrete at that point yeah or i'm just going to prove you wrong yeah so watch me do it have like, you ever no. done that? Like, I'm just... Yes, definitely. Have. <laughs> I definitely yeah. have. And and it was the absolute wrong thing. I don't know. It's, it's very difficult to realize that, you know, in the theater, that everybody's just trying to help you. Yeah. Right? It's all about trying to help you succeed. I mean, it is very difficult, even when we were doing our last show, when somebody would give us a note, and you're like, look, I'm really tired. Did you not see all the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Let, come on
0: but you know it is one of those things where it is extremely hard to not take it personally yeah because it's like i made all these choices and this is like a part of me mm-hmm. and this is such a raw nerve that i'm trying to like reach people with even if it's comedy yeah and then when somebody gives you these notes that this thing isn't working it's mm-hmm. very well, because hard. it becomes
1: so personal to yeah. you that you forget that it's not about you it's about the story yes and I think that is something that I always try to remind everyone that's in our shows. is like this. We are here to service the story, not yeah. our not ourselves. Like this is not about us. It's about the the big picture here. Mm-hmm. It's just these small things add up to the big thing. Yes. So we got to make sure that we're telling the story appropriately. But I am really excited for the show at the Fox because it's so different than anything that anybody would have seen and then what i've loved is that the the actors that came out and auditioned for it you know may have they didn't really know anything about this show Mm -hmm. and they have fallen in love with it and they're like you know everybody that we've talked to that's listened to this music or that's in the that's in you know different aspects of helping us put the show on are talking to us about how cool the show is like man i've never seen a show like this never listened to it like this is so much fun it's like yeah that's the power of experiencing new stories yes i mean people would not continue to go to the movie theater to see the same four movies every year yes i mean come on even if the cast is different (laughs) can you imagine can you just just imagine like every two years or every year a different cast puts on The Wizard of Oz, and it's put up at our movie theaters.
0: Oh, man. Are people going to go
1: watch it? No.
0: Let's see. This year Beauty would be and the Emily Beats. Blunt, uh, James <laughs> Corden.
1: Uh, <laughs> just James Corden. James Corden is in a different role every time, but it, he's always in there. He's just in a different role.
0: I immediately thought of him as the lion, but then I thought a oh, one-man James Corden, yeah. Wizard of Oz, he's is definitely not off Dorothy. the table he's
1: definitely, for him. he, he and. <laughs> the the last time he's the dog, that's <laughs> <laughs> just like every time. Yeah, that would be better actually if he wasn't really like a character. If he like was the representation of other things like the tornado, <laughs> and then he's also the house that gets dropped on the witch yes. one time, and then that's better. I like that. Version. He plays the see. Entire I would actually watch field. this. Yeah. I would actually watch this version. That would be better for me. I just I I don't know. I just think that people should be open to new experiences as far as Mm -hmm. that goes but you know just like anything else it takes time to get people used to being okay with that like hey maybe i will go see this show even though i don't know anything about it
0: it is awesome to be like on stage with what we were talking tonight about this young guy um who's 15 that plays the younger brother jesse Mm -hmm. and he's like, this is like the biggest thing I've ever done. And this is like my first role ever. I've been super impressed with this guy. And I mean, this, he's
1: so young and he, he's taken on this role. Yes. But he's so good. He's so
0: good. And he's so enthusiastic and yeah. he's so encouraging that I'm like, this dude is out having fun me.
1: Yeah. How dare he? He's having more fun know. than anyone. Yes. I was so think- like, I have to match this guy. Holy crap. Well, and I I enjoyed today, you know, it it always seems like when we do stuff and people that have continued to do things with us over and over again, they see, you know, certain things that like on the set are props that get used. And then, of course, like this is in every theater, but people are like, oh, I remember when this happened, this happened, this happened. And he was like, man, I feel so behind because you guys like know where all these things came in. It's like, no, you're just this is you're you're just new. Yeah. (laughs) But it was cool hearing him talk about it like he was kind of jealous in a way.
0: Yeah, well, it, it kind of brought me back to I was jealous of him even. Yeah. To like have that mysticism all of all of the new things yeah. and, and just the new and experiences. And what a
1: first show. Yeah. Like, how cool is that? to, You know, and, and those, those are the things that you really love is to, like, this is going to be someone's first musical or first show that they've ever seen ever you know like in the audience and this is so many people's first show in the show Mm -hmm. um and just those those first things that just i don't know it's just really really cool
0: and it's a great growing experience for the ensemble too because i've seen them in a lot of the sort of kid shows and to watch them like grow up now Mm -hmm. and wanting to do these adult shows it's like i'm so excited to see what you guys are doing
1: it is it is pretty cool like it's um I've really enjoyed because I've gotten to, to be with some of these people since they were little kids doing theater. And yeah. now they've gotten to the point that they're like teenagers and they're choosing to be interested in this mm-hmm. <laughs> when they could be doing so many other things. And they've just, you know, formed such a, a cool little bond and relationships with each other. I just love it. And the fact that they're still wanting to continue to stay, uh, you know, in this world in this in in our community which i just think is so awesome. Yeah. I just think it's so cool. And I'm very thankful. I hope that that means that you know as we move forward in the future of our small town in Marksville that you know these kids that are in the theater then grow up and they continue to support the theater as adults. Yes. You know that's kind of the hope because lord knows we can't do this forever. Well, I can sure try. <laughs> <laughs> but like we got about
0: 20, 30 good years left in us. I mean,
1: I am not going to live forever. Yeah. That is becoming more and more apparent. <laughs> you break your teeth. As, like, my teeth <laughs> apparently just shatter <laughs> at the thought of an olive. <laughs> <laughs> and then just, you know, like, the sheer amount of checkups. you got to go to checkups. It's like the older you get, the younger you are. It's like when you're a kid and you got to go to just get a checkup at the doctor. Like, hey, I'm going to get a checkup. What is this?
0: Dude, from about 15 to 25, don't know if I went to a doctor's office I ever.
1: Never, never did. see and I got married, and I met up. the doctor every weekend. <laughs>
0: well, that's different, I think. <laughs> She she's was like, like, you have things that you've never checked like, up on.
1: Clearly, there's some maintenance that you haven't been doing. <laughs> from We got to play catch up here.
0: It's like buying this old used car. <laughs> it's like we need your oil change. You it's need like, new tires. I'm pretty you need sure there are some
1: things that, you know, you don't need that should just be taken out of it. Yeah. You just well, I don't even know why you have this. What is that? A gallbladder? Get that out. of there. Just get it out. <laughs> like, Let's just go ahead and volunteer. Yeah. Get your tonsils and your all those things you don't your need. Appendix, just get them all your, out at your, once. Your spleen, just different just, things. Just get them all out. And then we don't have to worry about it anymore. Yes, I do know that you need your spleen. I
0: don't want that just to but be say, don't take out permanently your spleen. That would be really record. Bad. And then your mom has to give me the look of,
1: well, you know, the iron lung. She's gonna do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna do it anyway. Um, well, so I'm thinking, you know, we don't have any concrete things about what moving forward is but i will say absolutely crazy because we did kind of through this not releasing a whole bunch of podcasts yeah um where we used to do one a week yeah oh my god that just like occurred to me that we used to do one a week Well,
0: the thing is we didn't have anything going on no no i I remember especially difficult in the holidays when we get all these various family members and we got to like Go to all these obligations with different families, and but I okay. Just I just like having that. To go with yeah, I just want to say that.
1: Yeah, I'm just having this, you know, thought that we used to do one a week, and then you know, it's it it's one every two weeks, and that was still yeah. it's still like,
0: whoo, how are we doing this? Well, as the world was um, opening up, we became true. much, or we were able to do more theater. We were, but just like anything else, you
1: just kind of have to figure out what works. Yeah, and I th- I think it's great that this is still something that you and I want to do sit down and talk about it. I can't imagine us not doing it. Um, But uh, what's really cool is through all of this, and even though we're making these changes and we're not releasing it as much, What's crazy is that our subscribers are still growing yeah. somehow, which I'm like, there's a part of me that feels like this isn't real. Yeah. You like showed me the
0: logistics of it and I was like, what was like, is There's happening? no way
1: that this many people give a crap about anything that we have to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I could not believe it the other day. I mean, it's like such a humbling thing to see, you know, just for two guys who don't really probably talk about much. Yeah, right. <laughs> um have over 2400 subscribers yes. to our podcast
0: and that is wow a super humbling number not the number i thought you were going to throw out because i think we were like right at 1900 the last time no, you no, said no. something so
1: 2400 i do want to say a my massive
0: thank you to everybody who takes time out of their day to listen to you know 40 to 50 minutes and that's minutes not even
1: singapore <laughs> that's not even singapore you're right <laughs> i'm not even talking about <laughs> singapore or germany Hadn't seen you for a while, Singapore. Actually, what's going on? That's well, all I'm saying. Maybe they they find they that learned enough they learned southern
0: enough. dialect that we could be. They're from like, the like we South.
1: don't we don't have to. What would what, what? I don't. I'm not even gonna. I'm just gonna move over that. But I'm just I just think it's really super cool and it's awesome. Yeah. And I guess we'll keep going.
0: Thank you guys. Yes. <laughs> and always remember, tricks are for kids.
1: Oh, thank that was that was really nice. Is that supposed to be an ending? Sure. I was about to say, are you we gonna end on a look? Here's the thing: your Kellogg's wife is cooking slogan. this
0: potato soup, and it smells so freaking good. You and know, I've had a good Timberley time. with Temporarily, right you.
1: now, just rolled her eyes because <laughs> she's like, every time they do a podcast, they just talk about like, oh, we're gonna end, and it's because we got to go eat.
0: I gotta keep this COVID weight on. But
1: she gets it. She yeah, knows it's good. She knows. All right. Well, um, I'm gonna say, hey, that was cross. <laughs> Tophonopolis.
0: And that's Cody. <laughs>